Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. An injury can feel like a bomb falling on your training season. It can cause this tidal wave of feelings like anger, grief, panic, and existential despair. And I know this because it's happening to me right now. If you're dealing with thought drama around being injured, this episode is for you. Today, I'll share some of the mindset skills and thought shifts that really are helping me get through this time. And I know they'll help you too. Ready? Let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by my course, Mountain Fit, Self-Coaching for Mountain Athletes. So congratulations, you've signed up for a mountaineering trip or a long distance trek. Now, how the French toast do you get in shape for it? You could hire a coach to help you, but the ones who actually understand our sport are so damn expensive. And even if you get a good one, no coach is ever going to understand your lifestyle, your schedule, and your body the way that you do. The truth is you will always be your own best coach. You just need to know what to do and when to do it. That's why I created Mountain Fit. This online masterclass is the roadmap you've been looking for to help you reach your fitness goals. In this course, I walk you step-by-step through everything you need to transform yourself into a diesel-powered hiking machine, even if you're starting from absolute zero. By the end, you'll know how to assess your fitness level, write a training plan that gets results, and choose the best exercises for your goals. And if you need a starting point, I've included 40 weeks, that's 40 weeks, of training plans you can adapt for your own season. So stop wasting thousands of dollars on Tracy, the big box gym trainer who has never hiked a day in her life. Learn how to train yourself with Mountain Fit. To check it out, just click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you in there. Hey friends, how you doing? I am actually really good. I feel like I figured out something so useful today and here it is. So I don't know about you, but I am an extremely rule-based person. If you look at um, Gretchen Rubin's Four Types, which I highly recommend, it's a cool quiz. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's something I've done with a few of my friends and it's been really interesting. But my type is an upholder. I have tons of rules for myself. I have lots of rules for other people. And like COVID has just driven this tendency into overdrive, right? I'm like, ah, there's so many rules that we all had to follow and no one's doing it and it's making me crazy. So And one thing that's funny about it is I have a lot of rules about COVID and what people should be doing, but they actually, if I step back logically, it kind of make no sense. So (laughs) I really don't feel real rigid about masks. If someone comes near me without a mask on, I'm not too worried about it, but I really don't like when people come within six feet of me. I'm like, oh, you bastard, (laughs) back off. And it's funny when I'm running at the park and someone passes close, especially if it's like a wide trail and it would not be that hard for them to go around. I just feel the rage of a burning sun. And it's the same thing at the grocery store, same thing in lots of public places. So it's like something that's been really hard for me through the pandemic. And it's so like arbitrary, right? Like who even knows if the six foot thing is real or whatever. (laughs) So one thing I figured out that 
I can do that is super helpful is I can make my own rules. So I just made a rule. I'm like, it's okay if people come within six feet of me. That's totally allowed. I'm still, you know, not going to go out of my way to go near them. But if they come by me, that's cool. So I went to the grocery store this morning and a few times someone was getting a little close and I'm like, oh, no, no, that's okay, Sarah. They're allowed to come close. And I actually made it out of the grocery store without feeling like so stressed and enraged that I was taking a year off my life. So that was such a huge victory. I love having this rule and it's too bad. It took me a year into COVID to figure it out and maybe this will all be gone in a few months and it won't matter. But isn't that funny? Like, I don't know if that's something that can help any of you, but it's something that has really helped me just making my own rules and making the rules that make me happy. So (laughs) this is actually a good lead into what we're going to talk about today, which has a lot to do with mindsets, the power of the mind. And what we're going to talk about today is injury breaks. So kind of why this is on my mind today and why I wanted to do another episode. I feel like we did kind of a similar episode not that long ago, but I feel like, oh my gosh, there's so much insight that's happening to me right now that I want to share with you because this week I went for a run and just out of nowhere ended up with this huge just IT band issue. So for those of you runners, most of you probably know what the IT band is, but if you're not familiar, it's just a band of tissue that's on the outside of your leg and And some people, it can um, rub on the side of your knee. It actually rubs on the, like the protrusion of your tibia and it can cause a lot of inflammation, a lot of soreness. It can be really painful. And it's something that I've had kind of mildly over the years, but yeah, it was just huge all of a sudden. On like a 45 minute recovery run, suddenly my knee is all swollen up. It's bruised. If I even just like poke at it a little, it's like excruciatingly painful. And I'm like, ah, this can't be happening, right? (laughs) I'm, uh, um, training right now to run across the Grand Canyon in late March and I'm on like kind of a tight training schedule and I'm like oh no 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 like this this is not good you kind of when it first happens go through all the the phases of grief right there's shock like what there's denial there's anger and hopefully eventually there's some acceptance But in the week since this has happened, it's been a really awesome opportunity to kind of coach myself in my thoughts and do some mindset work around this. So today I really wanted to share some of the thought shifts around this that have helped me that I think will help you. And also some habits of mind, kind of like noticing and allowing instead of reacting. If you think about reacting to an injury, a lot of times what we do is try to run on it or hike on it when it's still really sore. And that can be very risky, right? It takes the risk of maybe putting us out longer or taking us out for months or a whole year or doing something permanent. So we we certainly don't want to do that. But man, man, it is so hard, right? When you're, you're the one that's got that injury and you've got that goal and you're sitting there looking at both of them going, oh, how, how do I make this work? So let's actually just kind of go through some common thoughts that come up for people that are dealing with injuries. And we're going to kind of burn these down and maybe shift them, replace them with some thoughts that are a bit more helpful, a bit more constructive. So I think the number one thought that comes up for a lot of people when you have an injury, whether it's a big one or a small one, and you have a goal, you're like, oh, this is the end of it. taking a few weeks off or even a couple of days off. It's just going to torpedo my training. You know, I have this plan and I got to follow it. I got to do it perfectly or I'm just not going to get to that goal. 
I might as well just cancel the trip or plan to do something else because it's not going to happen. And another thought that can come up for us, I think, when we're feeling that sense of urgency, we're injured with a gold trip on the calendar, is demanding. And it sounds like, I have to know. <laughs> I have to know what's wrong with my knee. I have to know when this is going to be better. And basically, so that I can make sure that I can fix my schedule so I can do all the things I think I need to do. So the feelings that come up, a lot of times it's panic, it's fear, it's uncertainty. And the action that comes from that, maybe it can look like, like I said, like running on an injury or hiking on an injury instead of resting it, making it worse. It can also look like running to every specialist on earth for something that's relatively minor. Like maybe you don't need to go to a sports medicine specialist Maybe you don't need to go to PT for something kind of minor. It might be something you can work out on your own at home. Obviously, you should go if it's something that's ongoing. But, you know, once in a while, like these running, hiking type injuries, we can just kind of work them out with some rest and some conservative care. But, you know, if you're like me that has like the really crappy insurance, you're going to run and just pay hundreds of dollars out of pure panics hoping that you can make it better. Yeah, so I was really panicked when this happened. And my instinct was right away to go to just get back into training, go for a run, test it, maybe do some interval. Actually, intervals on my calendar, like two days after it happened. And I don't know what I was thinking. But one thing that saved me is, what often saves me is my mindfulness practice. I did a nice breathwork session. And as soon as I kind of laid my body down on the mats and was still... I realized like how much like pain and just energy and tingling and sensation was still going on in this knee. And it kind of woke me up. I'm like, you know, Sarah, this is still sore. Maybe not even so much painful, but like I feel like activity happening in there. There's some definitely some energy moving, maybe some healing happening that I don't want to interrupt. So I was so thankful that I did slow down and just take time to reconnect with my body. By the way, breathwork, I am now offering sessions. I'm certified. I'll put some links to the show notes if this is something you're interested in for your own healing, your own recovery. It's a great thing to do during injury timeouts. But um, yeah, so a couple of thoughts that I want to offer to you. If you're really worried that your injury is just going to just be the the torpedo that blows up your goal. So first of all, detraining is actually slower than we think. And it's a little bit different for strength and cardio. Strength, honestly, you can take a couple weeks off and probably be okay. Once you build up that strength, it actually holds on for a while. You will have some loss, but if it's relatively slow, a lot of the early losses are actually neurological. You're not actually losing strength in your muscle fibers. It's just what's going to happen when you come back is you're going to have to learn to re-recruit those muscle fibers. So if you remember when you started to lift for the first time, you probably saw every time you would lift like gains. You're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I'm getting stronger. And really what's happening is your brain is just firing more fibers. So you might have a few sessions where you're kind of making that happen again, but it comes back relatively fast. Cardio is a little bit more of a worry, and that's the one most people worry about. But honestly, it's still not as fast as many people believe. 
Doing cardio when you're injured, when you're sick, actually can make you weaker. Um, There's another podcast where I talk a little bit about that. I'll put some links in the show notes. And the one thing to think about is if you can manage to do three cardio workouts a week that are, you know, not maybe what you normally do, but still like getting your heart pumping. There's research that shows that that's enough to pretty much maintain it where it is. So maybe if you're a runner and you got a IT band issue, you can't run, but maybe you can hop on the rowing machine or the exercise bike, or you can walk on an inclined treadmill that's not aggravating your knee. Yeah, just finding something you can do that can be a maintenance thing really can help you hang on, help you get to the point where it's it's pretty easy to kind of pick up where you more or less left off. Another thought for injured runners and hikers is that this is running. <laughs> this is hiking. People get injured. I think a lot of us like go into it thinking, oh, it'll never happen to us. That's the exception to the rule. And runners in particular are very susceptible. I was just reading in my ultra running certification I'm taking. And, and depending on the group of runners that you look at, whether they're recreational, elite, like the distance they're doing, kind of the average is about half of all runners or they get in a year, about half of them will have an injury that's significant enough to take time off. So if you're injured from running, welcome to our sport. <laughs> if you look at like running communities and running Facebook groups and all the runners out there, like, like everyone is going through the same thing. <laughs> all the runners, all the people and hikers, Because it's not so high impact, the prevalence is probably a little bit lower, but it's still definitely there, still definitely significant. So in a way, if I think about it, I had no injury time off in 2020. So I'm about due, honestly, (laughs) as sad as that sounds. And hopefully this will be the only one in 2021. And I've kind of checked that box for the year. And one more thing to think about, if you're feeling like you're taking a few days off or even a couple of weeks off is really just going to be the end of your your dreams, is to think about endurance training in terms of it just being like so huge over time. Like if you think about it, like probably maybe four to six months, you're getting out every week doing maybe seven to 10 hours a week for a lot of people, especially once you start getting up into the the higher levels. And if you think about it, that's hundreds of hours over the course of a season. That's such a huge input to your body. And then if you kind of think about how many hours you're going to miss just from, you know, taking a few days off to rest a sore knee or sore anything, like it's so insignificant right? Like I, I'm freaking out, but I'm probably like, as far as running, only missing like four or five hours if I am able to return this week, which it looks like I will be able to be. So when you look at the big picture, those four or five hours, they're not so significant. They're not going to, they're like just almost like the blink of an eye in this whole huge training season that as endurance athletes, we create for ourselves. And it's kind of comforting to think about it that way, I think. So yeah, is this the end? I mean, there's a chance it could be. And in some cases, it might be good for it to be the end. But I think a lot of times our brains think that when it's really not logically true. It seems to be the first place we go when we get injured as athletes. So another one I want to talk about is just blame 
hate, frustration on your body. When I was doing that breathwork session and I was just kind of really breathing into what I was feeling in the moment, that was what was coming up. I'm like, God, my body let me down. I can't believe my knee is doing this. Like, why is it jacking around (laughs) right at this moment? (laughs) And just feeling so much like anger, hurt, frustration about that. And really the action that comes out of that anger, it is the want to get out there and start running again before I probably should. And for some of you, that might look like hiking before you should, which as we discussed, isn't a great idea. So then the the other thought that kind of came to me as I'm breathing, as I'm just kind of trying to notice and process some of this stuff is, what if I just like loved my body no matter what and just gave it time, gave it grace, gave it care? I think like sometimes like some of us are such like caring humans to other people, to our friends, to our family, to our kids, to our our pets. But we are so brittle (laughs) with ourselves and our own bodies. We're just like, ah, knee, like, why are you screwing up? (laughs) And then we just punish it (laughs) and try to, you know, make it do what it can't do, which It never works, right? I don't know why we do that, but we do. So what if you just dropped all that on its head and just decided you were always going to have your own back no matter what? You're always just going to love yourself, love your body no matter what, and just really committed to that. You're like, oh, knee, I'm so sorry you're hurting. And in my case, this is a repetitive stress injury. So I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'm, I'm doing too much or doing it the wrong way. Like, how can I help you feel better? Do you want a massage? Do you want some ice? Like, oh, I'm just going to take so much good care of you. <laughs> and I think the skill that this is really getting into is emotional adulthood. It's being able to look beyond instant gratification and really give yourself what you need to be healthy, what you need to be happy in the long run, even when that's hard. And another way to think about this is that giving yourself rest when you need rest is such a fundamental training skill. And a lot of people are really bad at it, especially when we're new, especially when we're young. I think it's one of the reasons that the average age of ultra runners is 42. You need to work so hard, but you need to rest so hard to make that happen, that big, long run. So you need someone who has the discipline to be able to know that now is not the time to run, Now is the time to rest. And if you think about the training effect and how we stress our bodies and make them weaker, and then the rest actually makes us stronger and able to do harder things, it totally makes sense. So the better you can rest, the bigger you can go. It's so true in sports and endurance sports. I think it's so true in life too. A lot of us are at work just like going, 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 and we're just so depleted. And if we would maybe work less and take more time to rest and recharge, we could create from that more energy energetic place, that clearer place. So such a good lesson for both hiking and running and life, right? And then another thing that comes up for a lot of people that when they are injured and taking an injury break are some of those existential issues. So you start to ask yourself, and maybe you don't even know these questions are there, but if you ask yourself, you might realize that this is what's happening in your head. Like, who am I when I'm not running, when I'm not hiking? Maybe we're a little bit over-invested in our sport because 
it's helping us to not see other areas of our life that aren't so great. I think that's actually super common with endurance athletes, actually, self-included. I can completely relate to that. Another thing to ask yourself is, who loves me when I'm not running? One reason I've kind of made this shift to running away from mountaineering is just because I felt like I was maybe in a community with the mountaineering where it was very, what's the word, like transactional. Like it's like, hey, are you going mountaineering? You're my friend this week because you're going on the coolest trip. But then when I wanted to take a break and not do it, it was very lonely. And I'm like, wow, I just really need some friends that are not in this. Like, it's time to kind of expand my social circle a bit and maybe find some people that are meeting other needs that I have that maybe aren't getting met by the mountaineering community that I'm in. Another thing I would ask yourself is, what do I love about this goal trip that I'm training for? And for me, like I'm really excited to go across the Grand Canyon. I've actually done the trip we're planning to do before where you go out and back in the same day. I've never run it, so I was kind of excited to run it, but I'm like, you know, what I love about it is, A, like the people. I think that's always like a big answer for me. I'm going with friends, with an awesome group, like... I'm just going to enjoy, especially during COVID, a chance to be outside for like 20 hours with the same people. And if I have to walk and maybe that'll just be more chance to talk to them, right? And get to know them a little better than if I was running. And then another thing I love about it is the Grand Canyon itself. If you've never been there, that place is, oh, it's so off the hook, just beautiful, spiritual, gorgeous, amazing. So, I mean, it never gets old for me. I just can't wait to get back in there. So, and when I think about it that way, I'm like, you know, I might not get to run across the Grand Canyon and just impress myself and impress everyone else. But even if I just go and walk part of it, there's still so much to love, so much to enjoy, and I'm still looking forward to it. Last one I'm going to give you. This is not really a thought. This is more a habit of mine, but we're going to call it trust and surrender. You've heard me talk about it before, but yeah, I think um. One of the things that bothers us about getting injured is that we like to think we're in control of everything. And if we, you know, do our functional training and do this and do that, we'll never be injured. And, you know, it's completely out of our control, right? Like, (laughs) you just never know, like, what's going to happen. Even if you did all the things right, like, you know, you could step off your friend's porch and break your leg. I know someone that just did that. So, yeah, you just never know, like, what's coming around the bed, unfortunately. But what if we didn't need to control everything? Because we can't anyway, right? So what if we just accepted that, kind of trusted that the universe is unfolding in perfect timing, we're all learning what we're supposed to learn, we're all going to the places we're supposed to go, and what if there is a reason that this injury happened right now when it did? Maybe it's trying to teach us something some good habits of mind like we're talking about. Maybe there is someone right now that kind of needs you to be more present and not out training and not doing all the things because they're going through a hard time. So the universe is like, man, this is the only way I'm going to get like Sarah to calm down and see that this friend is hurting or her mom needs some love or (laughs) something else that I really need to be doing besides training really hard. And I think this happens all the time, honestly. And we don't always even know the reason or figure it out. Like I gave some examples, but maybe I don't even know and maybe I'll never know. But 
I've come to a point just in my mind-body practice and my spiritual life, I can trust that there's always a reason. And just about 90% of the time, like surrender to that, trust that, and not be like so like controlling about everything in my life. So friends, if you have an injury, I hope this was super, super helpful. If you don't have an injury, hopefully you don't like maybe start this episode and tuck it away for a future day because like I said, it's kind of part of our sports. Like if it's not happening right now, there's probably a day, unfortunately, where you're going to need this episode. So when that happens, I'm here for you. So yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions. A great place to find me is my Facebook group. I'm also on Instagram almost every day. I'm taking a little bit of a social media break right now, but I still log in every day and check all my messages and I try to answer every single one. So feel free to connect anytime. And yeah, otherwise I will see you right here next week. Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.